The Unavoidable Conclusion by Blair Dancy Some pranks go too far. There they were, the words that only she would have written. The unavoidable conclusion founded on the irrefutable logic detailed above. Someone had written her words in my brief. My chair groaned as I leaned back, Friday night in downtown Austin, and the skyscrapers glowed all around as if the moon had fallen to earth. Darkness had long claimed the skyline, and a rolling storm threw lightning around the hill country west of town. The lightning flickered tremulously, as if the storm wasn't sure it wanted anyone to know it was there. The chair growled as I sat forward, stood, and made my way out of my office. The place had emptied hours ago, and the cleaning crew had already done their rounds, turning off lights as they shuffled through the hallways and offices. Amid the secretarial corrals, printer and monitor LEDs threw algae green light between looming shadows. Floors stretched farther, walls higher, ceilings more distant than in the daylight. Without the chatter and hustle of staff and associates, the space felt hollow. Her office had been two doors down from mine. It was still two doors down from mine. Her light was out, along with the rest. We'd left it out all week, except for Wednesday when Melinda had turned it on. People kept pausing in front of the door, peering in. A few mumbled questions about why her light was on at all. One secretary sobbed. Melinda turned it off promptly at five, before the cleaning crew arrived, and didn't turn it on again yesterday or today. I slipped off my shoes and walked on the balls of my feet across the padded carpet to her door. Lightning streaked across the horizon and illuminated her office in ghostly white. Her judicial portrait stared back at me, tortoiseshell glasses, spiked platinum hair, and a tight-lipped grin that challenged anyone who came before her. That was before the stress had taken its toll, before she gave up the court for private practice. The lightning ceased. Her office surrendered again to the dark. It felt as if someone had installed a mausoleum two, dowels, two doors down from me, and here I was, not comfortable at funerals to begin with, the only one with lights on around the whole floor, like a beacon summoning her back. I retreated to my office, flicked off my lights, pulled my door halfway closed, and returned to my chair. The lightning strikes had come closer, hitting somewhere between the hills and downtown. The blue of my computer screen fluttered. A power surge, I told myself. Usually the sound of my voice bolstered my confidence, but tonight it quivered. I cleared my throat and thought about saying something else, but held my tongue. No use making things worse. This brief had to go out tonight, and I was almost out of time. The words remained on the screen, the unavoidable conclusion founded on the irrefutable logic detailed above. She wrote like a Victorian-era throwback, elegant but dated. She'd missed her era by over a century, but her analyses dug deeper than anyone else's, and the appellate courts adored her. The only problem? Clients couldn't get enough. If she was going to pull a half-million-dollar salary, she had to put in the time. Doctors' orders or no, hell, if not for the medical issues, she might have taken my office some day. No one else wrote like her. Not in this office, anyway. This was just a cheap trick. Someone's nasty joke. I opened the firm's document management software. With a right-click, the menu offered me the option to audit the edit history for the past 90 days. The computer searched, the familiar hourglass spinning. What an odd icon. 
A standing hourglass with sand flowing downward would be accurate, showing time passing in one direction. But an hourglass spinning as if time had been suspended or even reversed. The first entry popped up. My initials, last saved at 11.47 p.m. today, one minute ago. The hourglass kept spinning. Lightning flew through the oncoming storm, dancing between clouds. The screen fluttered again. I bit my tongue. A window popped up. No additional histories found for the last 90 days. Impossible. We'd been working on this all day. Not only me, but Deep and Chandra too, and some Dallas associate to confirm petition histories. Melanie had entered handwritten edits for someone. There should be a mile-long history for today's work alone. Maybe someone had saved it as a new file. A soft, shushing sound drifted from the outer office through my door. Paper, chafing on paper. I spun in my chair and leapt to my feet. What the hell? I slowed my breathing and tiptoed to the door. It remained half-closed. In the common area, splotches of green light illuminated a half-wall and the underside of a swivel chair, the rest in shadow. I held my breath and listened. Nothing. I placed a hand on the door and in a sweeping pull opened it. The halls remained empty, corrals abandoned. A single sheet of paper lay on the floor. A second sheet drifted down from the cabinets. Reams of paper sta sat stacked on top, one ream torn open. A third sheet blew off the stack, just below a vent. Someone must have put an open or opened ream back on top. My arm fell a few inches short of reaching the paper. I pulled Melinda's chair out. It had wheels, but who knew where to find a stepladder? A gentle step up, slow and steady. Undoubtedly an OSHA violation, if this had been a construction site. Undoubtedly negligent, but as long as I didn't hurt myself, nothing more than a calculated risk. I clutched the corner of the offending stack and pulled, but the wrapper had been ripped apart. The sheets didn't stay together. The first hundred sheets or so came willingly. More sloughed off toward my left, then a few toward my right, spilling into the night air as the chair began to roll under me. I lurched to my right. The file cabinet was closed, leaving only a sunken handle within reach. I grabbed it. The cabinet flung open as I plunged backward. The chair zipped out, striking the desk with a plastic clunk, and I dropped like the villain in a wrestling match. I lay still. My ankle throbbed. A warm drip formed on my calf. I must have sliced myself on the desk. My back ached. There'd be a bruise for a couple weeks, but nothing seemed broken. I pulled myself into a sitting position. The chair splayed sideways, its arms twisted in non-ergonomic angles, and legs jutted toward the ceiling. Pale white paper sheeted the floor as if to conceal the darkness. The vent above the cabinet continued to blow on the torn wrapper, somehow still stuck up there. It flapped in the blowing air. This was ridiculous. I forced myself to standing and made my way to the nearest light switch. Blue fluorescence came to life, bathing the corner of the general office, illuminating a half-dozen secretarial stations. Paper crunched under my feet, and drops of blood moistened my sock. Her words stuck in my head, the unavoidable conclusion. I marched to her office. The light from the common area shined through her doorway onto her portrait. Her smile defied me, even now. You could have quit any time, I said. You could have worked fewer hours. That wasn't my decision. You're either full-time or you're useless. Do you got that? 
Her spiky hair didn't budge. Her, her eyes remained unfocused, undaunted, defiant. She shouldn't be looking at me that way. Hell, if she hadn't had the heart attack, I wouldn't have worked every night this week. Wouldn't be here working right now. Wouldn't be so sleep-deprived. If anything, she was the one to blame for both our situations. I strode back to my office and slapped the light switch off on the way. The office fell back into darkness, the carpet littered with white rectangles, the chair still akimbo. I left my door wide open this time. The lightning struck a mile away, brighter than any fluorescent. The thunder rolled through downtown and rattled the windows, imitating feedback from a good Stratocaster. My tongue tasted metal, whether from a cut inside my mouth or the electricity from the storm I couldn't tell. My chair had chilled since I last sat. The cold seeped through my pants until goosebumps rippled up my nape. The computer screen remained lit, the words illuminated. I opened the document management software again. Multiple briefs. That explained it. I told everyone time and again not to save multiple copies, but they'd done it anyway. No one listened. As usual, I had to do everything myself. I audited the next document down to identify the offender. There'll be staffing changes come Monday. Right-click on the next document. Menu. Spinning hourglass. Me. My damn initials. It had to be a mistake. Why would I do that? Or maybe Melinda had hopped in me as me, and... No, that couldn't be. There were her initials right there, separate from mine. A couple clicks, and I audited the next document. Again, me. Another document. Again, me. Rain slammed into the window. My arms lashed out instinctively as if to shield myself and struck the desk. The blow sent me backward, nearly dumping me from the chair. My heart thumped in my ears. The storm drove the drop sideways, then away from the building, then directly into the windows again, as if trying to break in. Paper fluttered in the hallway. Damn vent. Then I heard them. Footsteps. Crinkling of paper on the carpet. I shot out of my chair and dived behind my desk. Who's there? I called out. No one answered. The rain beat against the window like a drum. Lightning pierced the air. Thunder shook the whole building down to the girders. I could taste my fillings. The flash lit up the whole office. It took me a second to process it, but someone had been standing in my doorway, just over five feet. Short, spiky, white hair. Glasses. No! I shouted. Enough was enough. I stood to face whoever it was. The image was gone. I tramped out of my office, my sock feet padding across the carpet. If someone was here to prank me, they'd better be ready for all of me. The figure was nowhere to be seen. Nothing but the blue-white papered floor, spots of blood dotting a few sheets, and the green-lit chair on its side like an ossified spider. And one office light on. Its brightness cut a path through the secretarial stations like the beam from a lighthouse. It came from her office. I didn't remember turning it on. I tiptoed toward her door. The blood on my sock had crusted, chafing my calf. The cut stung. My heart beat faster, as absurd as all this was. Her portrait beamed proudly at me. A younger her, I could practically hear her in those years on the bench, overruling my objections, her eyes asking me if I had any other grounds. I hadn't seen her that satisfied in years. Lightning lit up the Capitol dome. 
Thunder rolled in, softer than before, barely audible, over the thrashing rain. I didn't kill you, I said. My heart raced. Who the hell turned on these lights? You killed you, my voice rose. Do you hear me? Wind pounded the building. Lightning blasted outside the window, shaking me to my core. Fresh blood covered my tongue, salty. My chest ached. Really ached. Do you hear me? I screamed. My words slurred. Her smile remained on her portrait, steadfast. Those eyes of a decade ago told me I was overruled again. As the darkness closed in, all I could wonder was who was going to finish this brief.